0: everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station and home of the Ohio State Buckeyes 1410 Wing AM. Of course, right now we're sitting back and we're of course just waiting for what's next for Ohio State. And we know that, you know, they're well on their way potentially to the Big Ten championship game. And joining us now to give us the latest on what she's hearing behind the scenes, we have ESPN's college football playoff reporter Heather Dennett joining us. Heather, welcome in. How are you? We appreciate your time. Yeah,
1: you bet. I'm okay. How are you guys doing?
2: Pretty good.
0: We're good. We're just sitting back and waiting to find out what's next. That's why we wanted to bring you on, so you can actually add some brains to this show. So, kind of give (laughs) us a little bit of an update on on what you're hearing. It sounds like it's well on its way to happening. We're just waiting on them to what cross some T's and dot some eyes.
1: Yeah, that's my sense of it. And you know, I've tried to couch it a little bit as I reported this because there is support for it at the AD level. But look, you guys, you guys know it's got to get all the way up to the presidents, and and they've got to. At least give a nod of approval on it, and I think that's at the point that we're waiting for. But my understanding, especially as we saw the news earlier today of the Old Oak and Bucket game being canceled between Indiana and Purdue, um, that they're leaning towards changing this six-game benchmark and I think at the bottom line is the Buckeyes are are in good shape. Um, Like you said, I I think it's just a matter of of waiting for the final stamp of approval, but I would expect that by the end of the day today, Ohio State will be playing in the Big Ten Conference Championship game.
2: Obviously, us being in Ohio, we're huge Ohio State fans, and we're rooting for them to be in the Big Ten Championship, but how are the people in Indiana taking this? Because they're the ones truly being affected by this.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, um, at the end of the day, I think one of the conversations that happened between the athletic directors this morning was the fact that Ohio State has a head-to-head over Indiana and that even if Ohio State found another opponent to play this Saturday, win or lose, they would still represent the East in the Big Ten championship game. And so at the AD level, at least, it wasn't something that was going to change
0: the standings. Heather, with that being said, so okay, let's say, you know, assuming they're in the Big 10 championship game, they win the Big 10 championship game that puts Ohio State at 6 and 0. They are undefeated 6 and 0 Big 10 champions. I don't think we're we're debating the 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 authenticness of Ohio State and their talent and what they bring to the table, but how strong is that resume? Is is can you say it's bulletproof? Is is the Ohio State resume bulletproof at 6 and 0 and Big 10 champions?
1: No, it's not bulletproof, um, but that conference championship is a tiebreaker that the selection committee uses in that meeting room when trying to decipher between similar teams. And if you've got a one-loss Notre Dame hanging out there, their only loss is the Clemson and the ACC championship, the Irish have a case. And so if that number four spot it comes down to a debate between Ohio State and Notre Dame, Who do you take? Well, part of it is strength of schedule, part of it is head-to-head, that doesn't exist, um, and part of it is conference championships. So, And as we know, guys, more than ever this year, the eye test matters. So it can come down to simply who do they think is the better team, but it is certainly better for the Buckeyes to have that title in their favor than not if they get into that debate.
2: You know, a lot of people out here are talking about, oh, they're just setting it up so Ohio State can get into the college football playoff and they're, the fixes in and everything like that. And my whole argument has been other conferences are making sure that they get a, a, a participant in the college football playoff. We saw what the ACC did with Clemson and Notre Dame, making sure they had a bye before their conference championship game the face off. My whole point is that. You're darn right. These college conferences are trying to make sure they have a representative. Like, that's the point. That's why they're part of a league. That's, part of, that's why they're part of a conference. What are your thoughts?
1: Right. There's maneuvering going on, right? And it's pretty, it's pretty blatant. By the way, they're playing college football in a pandemic. So it's, it's move the it's move pieces as you go along here. Um, look, at the end of the day, one of the things that the athletic directors have to live with. Is the optics of this. Right. There's no hiding behind the fact, yes, what are you doing? You are best, you're trying to best position your best team for a spot in the college football playoff. That's no secret. Everybody can see that, right? But um, I, I think that this is truly a collaborative effort from the athletic group. Everyone recognizes this that Ohio State is the best team in the league, right? So right. give them a shot. And that's what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah, and with that being said, the thing that is interesting about all of this is that you look at the top four in Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Basically, those were the top four we figured that were going to be in the top four regardless of order coming into the season. And that's kind of where we're sitting at now with just a few weeks remaining before we get the final, uh, you know, the final, final four tally as far as that goes. So as, as, as devastating as this entire season has seemed to be, it's like we're still getting basically close to the end result that we were all expecting to begin with.
1: It's amazing, isn't it <laughs> I mean, I, I've been covering this since March when the basketball tournaments um, mm-hmm. were brought to a screeching halt, and you know it's just been such a roller coaster ride of uh, there was there was a point where it seemed like nothing would happen, and then there was a point where it seemed like everything would be okay, and now our whole country is a red blog of coronavirus, and it's like, are we going to make it through the next two weeks? And I keep reminding people that these conference championship games are no different than any other game that has the potential to be canceled all season. So every single FBS conference has a contingency plan. As we sit here today, this could be a moot, a moot point. Who says Notre Dame or Ohio State and Northwestern are going to actually get the game You know, on, on December 19th? So... There's still a lot up in the air. Every weekend is fragile. Every time the test come, results come back, I know coaches, players, athletic directors all over the country are holding their breath. This is no different, um, but the difference now is that we can see the finish line, and that's a huge accomplishment.
2: Pam, I'm going to shift focus all the way out to the Pac-12. We have two teams in the Pac-12 South who are undefeated with USC number 15 and Colorado number 21. Like I said, they're both in the Pac-12 South, and they don't play each other. So who gets to go to the Pac-12 championship game if both teams remain undefeated?
1: I don't have the tiebreaker rule right in front of me, but I do believe it's just winning percentage, and then it's um, there's no
2: head-to-head. You're right. I don't know, I have to look it up. You stumped, it's, me. <laughs> you stumped the Schwab Kev. How about that? I I know I know everybody looks at me crazy cuz I've been talking about this for a couple weeks I, cuz I could see it happening. But yeah. like that's for lack of a better word, that's so 2020. It is so 2020. You're going to have two teams from the same side of the conference undefeated and then they're going to have to choose which one goes to play for the conference championship. If that ain't 2020.
1: No. You're totally right. And as soon as we hang up here, I'm going to look it up because that's going to drive you nuts because I know there's an answer for it. And I remember when I I wrote the news story about the Pac-12, their tiebreakers were like pretty intricate and it's paragraphs worth, um, so ow. it's some library
0: reading. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, though, because you look at these conferences and the plans that they put in place, you know, during COVID, there's really not a bulletproof plan at all, and for instance, the Big Ten, look, they've made mistakes along the way, but having the six-game minimum, I had no I had no problem with that rule. You need to have at least a minimum. You can't have Ohio State be 2-0 and and us having these same arguments about why they need to be in the Big Ten title game, but the worst case scenario for the Big Ten played out. 14 Big Ten teams, 11 of the 14 at least got six games And, of course, one of the three that didn't just happened to be their only national championship contender. That's bad luck right there, Heather.
1: There you go. And, you know, to your point, the Big Ten is not the only conference that set a benchmark. Mm -hmm. And I think that's gotten lost. The Pac-12 has done the same thing, very, very similar. The max benchmark is even lower. They only need to play 50% of their games, if my bad math is correct. I think in the Big Ten it's 70%, right? Um, initially, when the Big Ten athletic directors met in the summer to talk about this and there was a 10-game schedule, they wanted to make it seven of 10 games. Hmm. So, um, you know, it's like I said, it was about fairness. That was the... um That was the intention, as you mentioned, because what if somebody does only get two games in? They wanted to avoid that, and so here we are. And I thought Ryan Day made a great point um, on his teleconference just about how you have to be flexible because this is all changing every Mm. week, and you have to adapt to what you know at that time. And I think leagues have done that with testing and contact tracing and everything else as it evolves.
2: What are some of the long-term effects of this college football season? Some some things that are going to roll over to the following seasons. You know, like we saw with BYU taking a game midweek to play Coastal Carolina. Can we actually see those type of things happen in seasons to come?
1: You know, I hope so. Um, I hope if the the scheduling is one thing that changes out of it because. So often we see great matchups and don't actually see them for 10 or 15 or 20 <laughs> more years, right? And it's like, wait a minute, BYU is forever going to be the new standard of that, right? And fans are just going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we saw this happen. They went 2,000 miles across the country. Why can't why can't Ohio State and Texas A&M play in September next year, right? Get it done. So, you know, I I hope that that's something that they figure out and is a little bit more consistent, and I think it'll be fun for college football fans. But I also know it's extremely difficult for athletic directors to line those games up, and that's why they are done so far in advance. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of different changes out of this from recruiting to athletic budgets. You know, we've seen budget cuts all over the place. There's going to be a lasting impact in many ways for sure.
0: All right, ESPN College Football Playoff reporter Heather Dinich was awesome enough to hang out with us. I mean, I'm seeing your face all over. I'm hearing your voice all over every media outlet out there. You're a very busy person, so we beyond appreciate your time. Just real quick, on your way out, give us this. You talked about, you know, the Big Ten Championship game. You know, who knows if that game gets. I mean, COVID could impact anything. Has the playoff discussed a bubble situation? Is there going to be a universal testing format for the four teams that fall under that, or will they just fall under their conference umbrella with that? How is are those Conversations being had?
1: No bubble. I can tell you that for sure. Um, hmm. What they will do is use the conference protocols. So, let's say Ohio State's in a semifinal, Ohio State will continue to do its daily testing, the PCR testing, whenever it does that, um, and just continue to follow its protocols, just as if they were playing Alabama, Alabama would follow the SEC protocols, and they would each do that individually heading into those games. I think that the uh, the lead-up time into those games is going to be much shorter.
0: All right. Heather, thank you so much for your time. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your week. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.